interesting part of the human anatomy and I'm sure it's something that we are all used to praise God so it will be easy to follow right amen praise God so today we are looking at at what the tongue very good yes I like the way we are looking at it we said it so casually it just shows that you are like me you forget that the tongue is there until something happens to it. Maybe you, you were, you know, chewing your nice meal and then you beat the tongue and then you remember, oh yes, I do have a tongue. So we'll be looking at the tongue today. And it says, is it constructive or is it destructive? Praise God. So what is the tongue? What is the tongue? I'm sure we can all answer that. I can, I can show you my tongue. You might just think I'm being rude, but I'm just making sure that you know which part of the human body is, called, is referred to as the tongue. Okay, who knows what the tongue is? Today is going to be very interactive because this is something that everybody has. You use it, you forget about it until you bite it and then you then remember that, yes, you had a tongue there. So, this one should be very easy for everyone. Praise God. So what is the tongue? What is the tongue? Okay, so I'm free to call on anybody then. Okay. Yes, Pastor, Pastor Jide. And since we all have the tongue, be ready to counter what he says if it's not right. It's the strongest part, it's the strongest organ of the body that can make you and can mar you. Okay, he says the tongue is the strongest part of the body and it can make you or mar you. Do we agree? Yeah, but nobody said he was the only one that raised his hand. So, we, we agree with what he has said. The strongest part of the body. Okay? Strongest part of the body. It can make you or it can marry you. Okay? So many people agree. So, what are the functions of the tongue then? Thank you very much. What are the functions of the tongue? Yes. There's someone right there. Yes. Um, the tongue is vital for chewing, swallowing, Taste and as well as for speech. Okay, it's vital for chewing, yeah, swallowing, swallowing, and speech. Taste. Is that all it does? Okay. The function of the tongue. There's somebody right there at the back. Thank you very much. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The tongue is what we use to taste whatever it is we put in our mouth. It tells us what it tastes like, whether it's sweet or it's sour or that. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, the tongue is what you use in tasting to know if it is sour, if it is bitter, if it is sweet. You know, your tongue will tell you, oh, this is something that I like. This is palatable. Praise God. So, that's the function of the tongue. That is for the eating. And then what else does the tongue do? Let's, let's be factual now. What else does the tongue do? Yes, there's a handwriting in front. Okay, two. Okay. Praise, praise God. Hallelujah. The tongue helps us to speak. Okay, yes, it helps us to speak. Very good, yes. It helps us to speak, yes. Here. Another tongue also helps us to bless and also to curse. Okay, good. It helps us to, yes, it helps when you bless somebody. Oh, my sister, God bless you. It's your tongue that is helping you. Or you want to also curse somebody. It is also that same tongue. So you can use it in any way. Yes, there's a hand right here in front. Okay, we are getting to where we are going very soon. 
Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It can either make you live or kill you. It can either make you live or kill you. Thank you. Yes. It can either make you live or kill you. So you can you can be you know be kind with what you say, and you can also be nasty. It can you can actually do yourself in by what you what you express, and it's the tongue that will help you to do that. So you see, the tongue is a small organ in the body. It hides itself in the mouth. You don't see it like you see the mouth. You can see the mouth. If I don't, if I decide to keep my mouth shut, you won't know whether there's a tongue there or not. But that tongue is very powerful. Praise God. And so we want to today to look at what the tongue can do for us. Thank you very much for all those uh, answers. Let's give them a round of applause. Thank you. So we have a little clip now. I want you to tell us about, you know, talks about the tongue and some of the things that the tongue can do. How's it going, guys? Today, it's Tongue Day on FTD Facts. I'm Dave Wapple. All right, so today on FTD Facts, we're talking about this thing. Ugh. Some people find it disgusting. Some people love it. Some people even eat it. But did you know that the longest tongue was 10.1 centimeters? Did you also know that women naturally have shorter tongues? The longest female tongue was 2.76 inches. A blue whale's tongue is the size of a bloody elephant and weighs 5,400 pounds. The tongue is known as a muscular hydrostat. And this is because it's a muscle that doesn't have any support from skeletons. You know those, uh... Little bumps on your tongue, those are not taste buds. They're called papilla. And speaking about papilla, these things hold your taste buds. There are over 8,000 taste buds on your tongue alone. Now, the color of your tongue can tell a lot about your well being. A pink tongue means you are healthy and good, ready to fight. A white one means you have an infection of some sort. And a yellow one means you either have stomach or fever problems. Hey, if I get a green tongue, will that mean I win the lottery? The tongue is also pretty unique. It's just like your fingerprints. Because of your papilla, your tongue is unique from everybody else's. Now, your tongue is capable of detecting different tastes. Those tastes are bitter, sour, sweet, and my good old favorite, salty. Did you know that if your tongue is dry, you can't taste a thing? This is because your saliva helps your taste buds. So if you were to put a lemon on your tongue, yeah, good luck. You ain't tasting how sour it is. Now, you only see about two-thirds of your tongue. The rest of it is hiding in your throat. Did you know that they have over 50 to 100 taste bud cells and these particular cells can only taste one type of flavor. Did you know that if you stick your tongue out here in North America it means well you're kind of rude but over in Tibet if you stick your tongue out it's a greeting. Hey how's it going? Naturally we have over 600 different types of bacteria in our mouth and most of it is located on our tongue. Now at one time people used to always think that Mm, rolling your tongue was a genetic thing. But it's because of identical twins, we've discovered that one twin can do it and another cannot. So ha, take that all you people who thought that. So thanks for watching guys, I'm Dave Wapple. See you guys later, bye-bye. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now we see what the tongue can do, right? Okay, so I'm sure we'll all be ready to take on this assignment tonight. Okay, let's open our Bibles to James 3, and we'll read from 3 to 12. James chapter 3. And I'm reading from the New um, Revised Standard Version. James 3, 3 to 12 says, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at sheep, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body 
and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. Okay, so here we are. We're talking about the tongue. There are three familiar things to illustrate how important it is for a child of God to control his or her tongue. Now, we have read this Bible passage, and it talks about so many things. It says the tongue is a fire. It says the tongue is a, an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. I mean, if you were to describe yourself, if you were going to describe the parts of your body, is that how you would describe your tongue? I mean, the truth is, I, there's no way I'm going to tell, tell somebody that my tongue is, is poison. It's not possible. I won't tell them that this is an unruly, unruly evil. No, I won't say that. I will use some nice words to talk about my tongue. Oh, it's nice. Oh, it's clean. Oh, it's this. You know, use some nice things. But this is not how the Bible says the tongue is. So when I read this passage, I was worried that... If my tongue that is in my body that I consider clean or I've washed it, if my tongue is described as an unruly evil, then something is seriously wrong. Then I need to pay attention to what the Bible is telling me about my tongue. It says my tongue is a fire. There's no way I will ever set it on fire. I can't do that. But it, the Bible describes it as that the tongue is a fire. So if the Bible tells you about something, you better believe it. Because everything the Bible says is true. I'm, I'm sure you agree with me. Praise the Lord. So that's what the Bible says here. It says, it says it first, it says, uses three, three examples. It says, a rider can control a horse. A rider can control a horse if it has a bit in its mouth. So the bit there is the controlling factor. A rider can control a horse if it has a bit in its mouth. You can see the horses when, I don't, I wanted to bring the photograph, but I forgot that. You can see uh, something in the horse's mouth, just a small rope. It has put it there, and then the, oh, the owner of the horse just pulls it, and then the, the horse, a big horse, as big as, you know what, that's what they say, call, they say the car has horsepower. The horse is quite big, and the horse gently follows and goes the way. So that little thing in the horse's mouth is what keeps it in check. It does not allow it to run wild. It does not allow it to kick and damage the place. Once you pull it, it just keeps quiet. Praise God. So that bit there has a controlling factor on the horse. Two, opposing winds and tides will prevent a ship from reaching its destination unless the pilot controls the rudder. Opposing winds and tides will prevent a ship from reaching its destination unless the pilot controls the rudder. And the rudder is a small part of the ship. It's a small part of the ship. Very small when you compare it to what the ship looks like. We all see what the ship is, a big thing, very big on the sea, but the rudder is a small wheel. And that is all that the captain needs to control. If he controls that, if he can manage to turn it, 
Whichever way he turns it, the ship will move that way. You'll never believe that it's such a small thing that is controlling a big element like the ship. So that's what our tongue is. Small, but very effective. Small, but can put us in trouble. And so we have to be very careful and very mindful of what our tongue does. Praise God. Three, a little spark can set a whole forest ablaze unless it is tamed. A little spark can set a whole forest ablaze unless it is tamed. So that's little, that's, as, that's what we said, this, the tongue is small. Small in a whole body, but it can cause a lot of trouble. It can, bring, it can bring big, big trouble to you if you don't know how to manage it. Let's look at James 3.8a. James 3.8a says, but no man can tame the tongue. When the Bible tells you that no man can tame the tongue, then just forget it. Because what the Bible says it, it is true. It says no man can tame the tongue. The tongue is a small part of you. So how come nobody can tame it? If you have your hand is here, and you are not talking about the hand. They are not talking about the leg. These are parts that we can see. But this one part that we cannot see, the tongue, becomes a major issue. It becomes a major problem. So if the tongue has the atonic capacity for committing evil, and we have to be very, very careful. So the Bible, if it says it, if the Bible tells you, then you better believe it. So we have to be mindful of the tongue. So let's look at what the evil that the tongue can cause. The evil that the tongue can cause. Reading on to that verse 8, it says, It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Full of deadly poison. I'm sure if I were to ask somebody here, describe your tongue. You can describe it, but I don't think you will ever tell me it's full of poison. To be difficult for you to say my tongue is full of poison, then you'll be in trouble if, you, if that was the situation. But that's what the Bible tells us, that the tongue is full of poison. Deadly, and it says not just poison, but deadly poison. So which means that what you and I are carrying, we are carrying some serious uh, weapon of mass destruction in our mouth. That's what we are carrying around. I can use the same tongue to say something nice about you. And this same tongue, I can use it to say something that will ruin someone forever. So it is very, very important for us to worry about what our tongue does. Many of us don't really, I'm sure we don't even think about the tongue. Probably the only time you think about it is if you were eating and then suddenly you beat your tongue. And then you remember, that's when you remember that you actually have a tongue. It doesn't, it's not something, if we're going to describe, oh, describe the parts of your body. You talk about the hand, we talk about the leg, the head, the eyes, the mouth. But hardly do we remember that the tongue is still part of the body. But now we are being told that this part of the body is deadly. It's deadly. Not because of how it is, not because of what it is, but it's because of what it does. And so we have to be very, very careful what we allow our tongues to do. Praise God. So they talked about the tongue having an astonishing capacity for committing evil. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless God, our God and Father. And um, we also use it to curse our brothers. But the Bible tells us that you and I have been made in the image of God. So if I use my tongue to say something negative about my brother or my sister, who am I saying something negative about? Who am I saying something negative about? I'm saying something about the person that was created in his image. I'm saying something negative about God. So if I say something negative about you, then I'm cursing God too. And when I read this part, I was actually worried that one has to be very, very careful. We have to be mindful of what we say to one another. We have to be mindful of what we allow our tongues to say. Sometimes in the heat of um, the moment, 
may not be what we really wanted to say. But so we have to be very careful. What am I saying? How will, it, how will this person translate what I'm saying? How will they view the points I'm making? How will it, what will it look like to them? So we have to be extremely careful. And it says, it's when we do that, you are actually passing whatever it is you are saying to your brother or your sister, you're actually passing it to God, the person that looks like him. Because the Bible says that God made us in his image. Praise God. So, how many of us would like to curse God? Okay, I didn't think there would be anybody here. Praise God. So, just as we would not like to curse God, we have to be very careful so that we do not curse our brother or our sister. Because if you curse somebody today, from today we've been told that you're actually cursing God. The person that that person looks like. God made us in his image. When you curse God, you are also cursing the person. And God help us so that we would not do this in Jesus' name. Proverbs 15, 4. Proverbs 15, 4. Proverbs 15, 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Praise God. It says a wholesome tongue. It means that the tongue is good. So the tongue can be wholesome. It says it's a tree of life. How can the tongue be wholesome? When it's in a body that we say commits sin almost per second per second. How then can the tongue be wholesome? It's a tree of life. So we have to. It means that. Somebody has to be doing extra work to keep the tongue from becoming unruly. Somebody has to keep extra, you know, do extra work to be sure that the tongue is not, is not a source of cursing to, to other people. Praise God. Proverbs 17, 20. Proverbs 17, verse 20. Proverbs 17, 20 says, he who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. If your tongue is what helps you to speak, you know that that is a sure way that you can get into trouble. All you need to do is say something that is wrong or something that is negative, and then you find yourself in trouble. So he who has a perverse tongue will fall into trouble. So we have to be very careful with the things that we say and with things that we do to other people. You know, even if we don't really mean it. Sometimes, you know, you say something and then in the flash of a second you say, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You have to apologize to the person so the person knows that you didn't really mean it. If you don't, they go away with that impression that you were out to hurt them even though that wasn't your plan. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. When I read this passage, I was like, oh, why am I guarding my ways? It says, lest I sin with my tongue. And it is important because sometimes it is not in our, our intention to Maybe hurt someone. Maybe say something negative. Sometimes it could be situations. Sometimes it could be the way we are feeling. Sometimes it could be maybe somebody maybe trying to impress someone that is around there. And we have to be careful so that whatever we do, we must make sure that we do not hurt anyone by saying something that will not sit well with them. So we have to be very careful with the way that we portray the things that we are saying, with the way we are trying to, to portray ourselves or even show, even sh sometimes we are actually trying to show off and then you say something wrong and then you don't know that it's actually hurting someone but indeed it could actually cause a big fire. Praise God. Okay? An uncontrolled tongue can cause enormous damage. An uncontrolled tongue can cause enormous damage to the body. An uncontrolled tongue can cause enormous damage to the body. 
And I put their group of believers and to everyone around. And I'm sure we, we can all, um, you know, think about how this can happen. How can an uncontrolled tongue be a source of enormous damage to the body? And the body is the body of believers. What are the things that people can say? What are the things that people can, maybe just, maybe even as a, a form of joke, but then it can cause some serious damage to a group of believers. Can anyone tell us about what we can say? How can this be? How can this, how can this part of the gospel, how can it be, be uh, fulfilled if we are not careful? How can the uncontrolled tongue cause enormous damage to the body of believers? How can an uncontrolled tongue cause enormous damage to the body of believers? We have talked about what the tongue can do. Yes. the Lord. Um, as, as a church and in the body of Christ, the lives of the pastors and the ministers of God is a very great testimony to the name of Jesus. So um, if we, if you, for instance, if you don't hear anything about a pastor, maybe somebody did this or that, instead of just broadcasting it or telling people about it, um, we should, I think it's better you keep quiet and maybe go to God in prayers and pray for uh, the, the pastor or the minister. That's one example that, that's one thing that people, not only everywhere around, when they, they hear a pastor has done something, then it's all over the place. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, if you hear somebody say something about a pastor or someone, you know, you could pray about it. You don't spread it around because uh, whatever it is you've heard may not be true. And unless, why don't you just go and ask and then, let, and then let the person enlighten you so that that way you are sure of whatever it is you are saying and not just carrying around any other rumor. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, praise God. Just like what she said, um, spreading gossip can cause um, enormous damage to the body of Christ. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. You know, Bante, you send this word, you say it here, you go there, you whisper, did you know? Um, did you hear? Hmm. If, did you, if you see? Did you know? You know, those kind of things spread around and it does not help the body of Christ. And so we have to be very careful. Yes, there was a hand right here. This way. That was what I wanted to say. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so, the, you know, the body, you know, we have to be very careful about the things that we hear, the things that we see, and the things that we say. We have to be extremely careful because sometimes what we see and the things that, you know, are being sold to us may not be true. And how do you know whether it is true or not? You have to be very careful to be sure that Whatever it is you are being told is the truth. And how will you know if it's the truth? You have to find out. You cannot just accept a fact that is brought to you and spread it around and think that, yes, I've done the right thing. No, it cannot be right. Praise God. So that is so important. Yes, any other um, example? Yes, someone is here. Right here in front. Praise the Lord. Yeah. For instance, like a pastor that's supposed to be preaching the word of God, and each time you climb the pulpit, it's about yourself. You're just talking about yourself every now and then. It might trigger some actions, as in, you know, there are, there are new ways, and there are pulpits and the new bed, rather. You know, pulpits and the new bed, people that 
they're just coming in to know Christ and then they're still fresh. You know, you as a pastor, all you say is just about yourself, do this, do that, make money and all that. They're not growing spiritually. So what you say too can come to them and then they can start acting on it negatively. Meanwhile, they're not growing because they're still young at heart. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes. So what you're saying is, you, you know, you have young people in, in Christ. They are new. And um, all they hear are, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And um, it, it doesn't help them. That's what you're saying. Yes? Okay. So that's one thing. We have to be careful as men and women of God. We also have to be careful how we try to portray Christ, how we try to portray the word of God. We have to be careful how we do that. Praise God. Yes, any other contribution? Okay. Thank you so much for those contributions. So the fact that believers use the tongue to say incompatible things is evidence of how difficult it is to control the fact that believers use the tongue to say incompatible things is evidence of how difficult it is to control. And we see this in James 3, 11 to 12. James 3, 11 to 12. James 3, 11 to 12 says, Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Praise God. So it says, yes, you can have the spring. There's, there's only, there's a part in, 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 in Europe where you have, yes, um, you have fresh water and brackish water coming from the same from the same spot, but that is a that's a very um, that's just a unique a unique place. But most times we have fresh water separate. You have brackish water separate. So because we have these two separate, it's um, it's you you can always determine which one is fresh and which one is um, is not fresh. So because you know this. There's no way you can mix the two. But so that's why the Bible says, says can a fresh, um, a fresh source of water, can it bring brackish water? And the answer is no, at least from what we know now. So you find that you use your tongue to say incompatible things is evidence of how difficult it is to control. At least for the tongue, it is difficult to control. If a person's speech mixes foul with sweet, it, is not, it will not ever build up the community. So... The two have to be separate. We have to determine how do I package my words? What am I saying? How do I want the other person to react to what I am going to say? And once we have determined this one, oh, this one, then you can then decide, oh, you know what? What I want to say now will not sit well with this person. And then decide, no, I will not say it. So it means what is we are trying to say here is we need to you know, give ourselves control. The control to say things, the control to do things. And it's so important because many, many people have been hurt by what they hear others say about them. And so we, today is a day that we can look back and say, from today onwards, you know what? This thing I used to say, I will not say it anymore. Or this thing I used to do, I will not do it anymore. And only, only just by yourself, you can do that. You don't need anybody to come and vet what you are going to say before you say it and say, oh, you know what, I'm going to say this to this person. I don't know if they will like it. If it's not good with you, please don't say it to somebody because it might just cause some big problems. Praise God. So what can our words do? What can our words do? We said our words can encourage. Of course, our words can encourage. That's what our words, words are meant to do. Our words can encourage us. Maybe we have somebody who is, you know, listless, someone who is in trouble, or somebody who is frightened, 
of a situation, the words that you say to them can bring them hope. The words that you can say to them can bring them courage, can make them think, oh yes, you know what, this thing looks so difficult. And I'm sure we have examples of people that you have had to say something to, to encourage them. It's possible. We have that. I, I, have, I have been spoken to by someone, and I thought, I, I, before the person came to me, I thought everything was lost. And then just a few minutes of saying, you know what, this is what you need to do. Let's do it this way. Let's do this, this, do that. You know, within 15 minutes, I was asking myself, ah, ah, is this what you wanted to kill yourself for? I was amazed at the way the, just that 15 minutes discussion resolved everything. And that is what we need to do. The words that we say should be able to encourage someone. Somebody should look back and, 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 and refer to you and say, you know what, Mr. A or Madam B helped me. They said something to me and those words changed my life. We have the capacity as children of God. We have been through so much ourselves. And honestly, all those things that we have gone through have been preparing us for a time as this. For a time when we'll be able to help someone who is in the situation there that we found ourselves maybe many years or many months ago. It was not for nothing. It was so that you'll be equipped to be able to address that person's problem. And may God make us solution providers in Jesus' name. So, words. What can words do? They can encourage Please feel free to ask questions as we go along. They can encourage. They can also discourage. There are some things that we might say to someone and, you know, the person will just not want to leave again. I had, I had a friend who, after speaking with the father one day, and uh, he, she said to me, you know what, there's no point. I'm never coming back to this house again. And she moved her things, and left. We, it took us tremendous effort on our part to get the family to reconcile. But why did they, how did they get to that point? Because someone said something that did not sit well. So that's just it. So it's important for us to know that we need to say words that, somebody, that will not discourage someone, that will not make someone say, no, I'm not going that way. Our work is to bring others to Christ. And may God help us to do so in Jesus' name. So three, can start fires. How can words start fires? What you say, how can it start fires? I'm sure someone can give us an example. Can words start fires? And what start fires? I don't mean fire in the cooking fire. No. Can it start uh, some big trouble? Okay. I hear the yes from the choir side. I'm sure they'll be able to tell us. Okay. Some, there's a hand over there, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Words that are not good to say. Bad, bad words from the heart that are not good to say cause fire. Okay. Yes, bad words. This can cause fire. Yes, fire that will be difficult to quench. Bad words. Yes. Heavy words. Praise God. Hallelujah. One thing that comes to mind is when they say you put sand in somebody's gary. So it starts fires in the sense that it can cause a rift between two people. So it's possible that two people are fine and maybe there's something, but no one's talking about it. And then the wrong thing to the wrong person might start a fire and it will cause troubles with other people. Thank you so much. Yes. Saying the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time may cause the kind of fire that will not be able to quench. And so we have to be extremely careful and watch out for the things that we say 
says, stop first, think twice. Sometimes it says, count one to ten. One, two, three. By the time you get to six, you'll be tired. You'll calm down. Weigh the words right. Are these the words I should speak at this time? Is this what I should say now? How will it affect this situation? Will it help? Will it calm things down? Will it worsen things? Sometimes when we stop and think about these things, we'll find that, you know what? Let it go. You decide, I don't want to say anything. Praise the Lord. And all it just requires is just that, maybe like two minutes, two minutes alone. It says, say just two minutes. Or someone said, okay, just use your hand to rub your chest. Rub it, rub it, rub it. By the time you get to the 10th time, you should have calmed down enough to say the right thing. But then, sometimes it may not be so. So we've had a few, a few incidents that have not been nice. And then you'll be able to use that as example so that going forward, when they say, come and speak, you keep quiet. It just happens. Praise God. Yes, any other example? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I'm looking at it from the right kind of fire perspective, how we can say or hear one word from someone or say to someone that ignites a fire in us that was either not burning at all or starts up a fire in someone else that you know, brings about a change for a lifetime. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, because we can also look at it from, from, that, uh, from that angle and know, you know, when, whether you can, start, you can start it or you can put it off yourself, you know, knowing what to do. It's so important. Yes. Praise God. Okay. All right. Any other contribution? Okay. Thank you very much for those ones. Okay, so you can start fires. You can put out fires. So if you can start the fire, you can also put out the fire. You can meet two people who are at loggerheads. They are ready. You know, maybe you meet them outside. They were driving, and um, something happens. This one jumps out of the car. That one jumps out of the car. They are ready to box it out, and somebody just comes and says, Hey, 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 brother, just calm down. Calm down. It's okay. And this one is shouting. That one is shouting. Just calm down. And they calm down. You have prevented one big uproar right there. Because of just what you did say. Just ask them to calm down. And so it is important for us as Christians. We have to set the example for the world. That is how we are. This is how we are. This is how we resolve issues. You don't have to fight. The words can build up. Our words can build up. Yes. Our words can build up. Our words can also build up. Okay? How can our words build up? How can what we say, how can what we say, how can it build up? Our words can build up. You know, sometimes when they Maybe somebody comes to you and wants advice, advice from you. The person has looked at you, looked around, and decided that, you know what, maybe if I go to brother A, he might help me with this issue. And he comes to you, and you tell him, oh, this is how I will do it, that is how I will do that. When the brother goes out, what will he say? He will say that that brother built me up, that brother helped me. I was in this situation. I went to him for advice. He gave me advice, and you know what? It worked for me. So every time the brother sees you, how will he think? He will say, oh, that man is a good man. If I have another problem, of course, he will come back to you, you know, because what? He got a good solution the other time. And so our words can actually build up and help us, you know, even we get into a fix or when we believe that, we need someone to respond to the situation that we are in. Praise the Lord. And our words can tear down. I'm sure that one is very common. Our words can tear down. 
our words can also tear down. So that's the opposite of building up, building up or tearing down. And we have to be, we have to make sure that our words build up and don't tear people down. We have to make sure about the things that we say to people, about the things that we do, even with things that we imply, even by some of the things that we say. We have to be sure that it does not tear down. That will not be a way to, to worry about, you know, to take out that worry out of someone's mind about tearing down other people or tearing down organizations, even tearing down a group. It's so important. So, so these are the things that our words can do. We can encourage, they can discourage, uh, they can start fires, they can put out fires, they can build up, and they can tear down. Praise the Lord. Okay, so as salt flavors our food, grace also flavors our words for building up others. So when you're cooking, you put salt there so it will enhance the taste of what you're going to eat. The same way when you're helping someone, you have to put some grace. You know, grace is important there. So we see this in Proverbs 16, 24. Proverbs 16, 24. And Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. So we must always endeavor to be sure that the words that we speak are pleasant. Not that they should be false, please. The fact that they are pleasant does not mean that they should be false. So we have to be careful that even though we are trying to make it pleasant, we are not trying to deceive them by telling them something that is false and not right. It is important to do so, not you know, to be sure that we are telling them what is right. And Colossians 4, 6, Colossians 4, 6 also gives us the same impression. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Colossians 4, 6 says, let your speech always be with grace. Let your speech always be with grace. Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Praise the Lord. Say, let your words always be with grace. Praise God. Do we have any questions? Any questions? Praise God. Hallelujah. Like a, it's just a contribution. This happened to me years back. I was somewhere, I was making my hair, and then I was in school then. So a lady came to me and she now said, don't look at me. She said, Omoloku in Yoruba, meaning the child of the deceased. So to me, I was like, I didn't say anything. I just said, and I smiled. But later, that night, I had a revelation that my dad passed away. So and I, immediately I woke up, I started fasting, I started praying that I reject every negative, um, what's it called, every, every, every negative decree that my father would not die, that was then. So, and so when I, after, I, after I've done that, whenever I see the lady then in school, there's a way I look at her like, you know, this kind of person, I don't know. But, but and beside that, the lesson I learned from what happens, anytime anybody say any negative things around me or say it to me, I always counter it immediately. I don't even allow it to, to even as in to land at all. I've just told the person, Sorry, if you have a negative proclamation, I'll just say, sorry, I reject it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, thank you very much for, for that contribution. Yes, someone says something negative to you. Don't, don't be, you know, don't take that layback position. 
and just keep quiet. You reject it immediately. You counter it. You say something positive. You know, it's so important. And don't, don't accept what you know is not true about you. Never keep quiet. Never keep quiet about it. Praise God. Thank you very much for that contribution. Yes, any other contribution? Any questions? Good evening, Ma. Good evening. Thank you so much um, for a very enlightening teaching. Um, mine is also a contribution and it's something I began to do years ago and I makes me believe that God actually hears all kinds of prayers and answers them. So I stumbled upon a scripture in Isaiah 50 from verse, from verse 4 began to tell me that God awakens you in the morning and gives you instruction in a well-taught tongue that you may speak the words that will raise up the very ones along your day. And so I began to speak that words myself. That I have the tongue, a well-taught tongue. I speak the words that will raise up the very ones. I, I hear as the wise I hear and I do not Revel. And incidentally, I found out that God began to give me opportunities to talk to people, you know, and share, not necessarily in the Bible, maybe a word of advice and encouragement and will help them. And people will always say that that thing you said helped me do ABC. So um, words really uh, are powerful. Uh, God is the source, gives you a well-taught tongue, but you need to listen to what he's saying, so you can speak it to someone else. That's on one end. Secondly, most times, we find ourselves using our words wrong because we're not um, listening to the right source. So we're pushed a little bit, and then all the vile in the tongue comes out, and next means we're regretting it. So basically, if you listen and hear what he's saying, it gives you a well-taught tongue so you can speak the word that raises, the, raises up the weary ones rather than pull down people in situations. Thank you, Ma. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. If you listen to what he's saying, you will know how to relate with people. That is very important. Thank you very much, Pastor Richard. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's just a recent um, thing that happened when I fell to for my father's burial. During the burial, there was a one of our relatives, a woman, she she was greeting me. After then, she now said, are you married? I said, no. She said, okay, don't worry. You get married. But if she's not dead, the marriage will not stand. She said this in, in her language. So now look at her. I said, Iye, don't worry. Jesus will make it stand. And Jesus will make it stand. Another woman asked, joined me to repeat the same word that Jesus will make it stand. My daughter. So I forgot about that. It was yesterday when I was praying. I just had a flashback of what she said. And I felt the Lord want me to use it to pray, to pray against that word. So I pray in Jesus in Jesus. And now to this evening, something similar like that tongue, the word is being talked about. I, I really felt God is you know, talking about it to me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Any word that anybody speaks to you and it goes against what you believe in, it goes against what you stand for. You have every right to reject it. There's no, there's no other way. You say something that does not sit well with you, when you remember it, better counter it straight away. Counter it and reject it. We have to be you know, up and about with what we are doing. We cannot, we cannot allow people to say things to us that don't sit right with us. And just keep quiet. No. Somebody tells you something. It doesn't sit right with what you've been told in the house of God. It doesn't sit right. You just counter it. Counter it and walk away from it. And it will not follow you. Nothing will happen to you. It's, that's how it is. Praise God. Any other contribution? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, I, I want to say that for parents or guardian, 
we should be very mindful of the things that we say to our children and the people under us because personally I grew up with a lot of things said to me and it made me thought very less about myself. I was very inferior in school. I could do less amongst my mates, you know. But over time, I mean, it, it took me to outgrow uh, teenage age before I started being able to stand and be confident and understand the greatness that is in me. So I'm saying that the words that we say to our children matters a lot. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much for that contribution because we as parents, sometimes, you know, there are things that we do, there are things that we say to our children that in the spur of the moment, we'll be in anger. And after, when you calm down, you think about it and say to yourself, why did I say that? We have to be very, very careful about the things that we say. When it goes forth, you can be sure that it will come to pass. Unless you go back and withdraw it. So we have to be careful about the things we say to our children. Parents, let's watch out, please. Praise God. Thank you so much for that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This um, happened um, last week. Probably this very week. Um, I was at home um, two days ago, and so I heard some shouts from the next, of course, the next building. The man was beating his wife. So I sometimes I can't stand places where, you know, you have families fighting and all that because I've been through one before. So I... I struggled with it when I went back and I was like, God, why is this man beating his wife? And I tried, I prayed about it. And I felt God was saying I should go talk to the woman because the children were really crying. So um, it was a process for me. And I said, I don't know anything about marriage. So why would I go and counsel someone who, you know. So I finally I went and we got speaking. And, you know, the woman said... She said something that was very, very strong that she, you know, concerning tongue. And she said she could never forgive the man um, because of what the man did. So I felt God was saying, I should tell her that, look, it's on your own head. If you forgive, the marriage will go well. And if you don't, you will still pay the price. But for the children, you have to do what, you know, it's possible. So sometimes our tongue too can't. In situations where we are let down and, you know, we are cast down, our tongue too, we can say something negatively to ourselves that can be an effect on the long run, you know. So that's very, very important. Yes. Thank you very much. You know, well, sometimes you hear people, um, they can decide or they can, they can decide that, well, you know what, so-and-so said this to me, I will not forgive them. Or they say something to you, and then that, that warrants them to say another thing that is even worse. How then do you stop it? How do you stop it? They say something bad, and then you say something worse. How does it stop? Sometimes it's difficult. And so we have to be, you know, extremely careful so that we don't get to the point where you say something and then another person will say something that is worse than what you have said. Where do you break the cycle? Because words have a way of fulfilling themselves. Words have a way of fulfilling themselves. And we have to be extra, extra careful about the things that we say, about the things that people say to us. You know, they say something to you, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Act on it. Do your part. Do what you need to do. If it's not going to work well for you, counter it and reject it immediately. It's important that you do that. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What about in a situation whereby your neighbor is not even you this time? All the time is just raining courses and all that. 
and you, you are just inside. I don't know. What do you do? As in, you don't know this person. It's just your neighbor. And all she does is wedding courses and all that. So how do you approach? Or is there any way that those courses can really have an effect your own life? Well, the courses are not at you, are they? They're not, but I'm hearing them every okay. day. Yes. I mean, we were saying about your own life, so that's why I was asking that. The courses are not about you. But whoever they are running those courses are. You know, those courses, they have a way of floating around. And you can be sure that they, they have to rest somewhere. They rest somewhere. And, well, only God will help that person that they are running the courses on. And then you can also talk to your neighbor and tell her about, uh, I don't know if it's a him or her. Is she okay? And tell her that those courses are not good. Just try to talk to her so she can stop it. Because those courses will land on somewhere. Land on somewhere. Somebody or something. They will land. You can trust me. Praise God. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Okay, so we have the commit. Let's read the commit together. I commit to deliberately ensuring that my words bring encouragement and hope to those I meet. To let my words build up those I come in contact with. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.